October seems to be the month for all things spooky and creepy, but is it just for fun or is there maybe a deeper meaning? Should Christians celebrate Halloween or should we abstain from all of it? If you spent any amount of time on social media or in Christian circles this month, Halloween is still a debate for many. We can all love Jesus, but have very different views on Halloween. In today's episode, I am breaking down some of the origins of origins of Halloween, some conversations and questions surrounding Halloween. So I'm encouraging you to check out this episode, which may not be entirely what you expect it to be, as we answer some questions and dig into October 31st. Let's get it. Hey friend, welcome to the Abundant Woman Collective podcast. Do you want to grow in your faith and have an intimate relationship with Jesus? Do you wake up with big ambitious goals only to be overwhelmed and frustrated when you're way too busy and forgot to prioritize your time with him again? Hey, I'm Sam and I too was someone who craved a deeper relationship but was too busy to make it happen. I felt overwhelmed at trying to fit him in and wished I could be confident in my faith and identity. I wanted to read the Bible and actually understand what I was reading but I kept telling myself that I didn't have the time, the know-how, or the discipline or tools to make it happen until I found a little secret to get rid of the Christian checklist. In this podcast, you will find biblical truth, hope-filled conversations with women who are right where you are, and all of the practical tools to implement so that you will be able to deepen your relationship with Jesus. So grab your coffee, Bible and pen, and let's dig in. Man, you guys, I have been praying for this episode for months now. I am super excited to present um, some of this information, but before we dig in, I want to introduce you to the Abundant Woman membership. It's called The Collective, and The Collective is open for this week only. It closes on Sunday, and friends, for only $27 a month, you get an incredible community of women who are running after Jesus together. You get weekly prayer calls where you can learn how to pray, pray for others out loud, and then request prayers, of course. You get one to two monthly trainings from yours truly about topics that are important to you and biblical topics. And then you even get a guest training once a month, which these women are everyday Janes, theologians, speakers, authors, you name it. And they are coming in once a month to pour into you. And then we also have connection calls throughout the month because we want to hang out and get to know each other. And of course, we have Q&A sessions where if it's business or life or parenting or Bible or whatever, there's no question off limits and there's no question too small that we hop on and communicate and answer and see what the Bible says about that question. Plus, friends, this is my favorite part. It is customizable in the sense that, man, if we're all seeming to struggle with I don't know, the holidays, then let's talk about the holidays. Let's dig into the Bible. If we're struggling with anxiety, or maybe we just want to learn more about Jerusalem, whatever it is, or even if there's one person, because remember, I will always do it for the one. So if there's one person who's dealing with grief, I'm going to turn create an entire training on how to handle grief and how to walk in or have a friend who's an expert in it come in just for that. So the sky's the limit with topics and resources, but really it's a community for women who are fed up with the world 
and the world's expectations with what's going on with the world. They're hungry, like so hungry for more of him. And they want to do life together in community virtually and soon in person. But virtually, this is the perfect membership for you. There's nothing else on the internet like it. I would highly encourage you to give it three months, try it out, or commit for a full year and your life will be changed. So join us in the collective today. Just simply either click in the link below, head to Instagram, it's there, or go to theabundantwoman.co slash membership. All right, let's dig in with Halloween. Before we start, I do have a disclaimer. This isn't a salvation issue. This is a conversation for and with women who are believers. That's what this whole podcast is about. And yes, we do have Christian freedom and liberties that are available to all of us. Praise God. But with those liberties, we are still not to partner with darkness. And we celebrate the resurrection of Christ from the grace and overcoming from the darkness. So what do we do? Should we celebrate? What are all those questions we're going to answer? But I want you to know first, this podcast and the Abundant Woman Collective Ministry is for women who want to deepen their relationship with Jesus. It's our tagline. It's our foundational statement. It's everything. Women who are hungry for more of Jesus, less of the world, and less of themselves. Women who are walking in sanctification and trying to live a life set apart. If this sounds like you, perfect. You are in the right space. If this doesn't sound like you, you are welcome here anywhere, anyways, friend. But this conversation has had a tendency to make some people uncomfortable, and that's okay. I'm 100% open to uncomfortable and uncomfortable questions and conversations. But if you're already feeling like your feathers are being ruffled, this may not be the episode for you. Or actually, I think it would be, but it's up to you. This episode, in my heart in general, is never meant to condemn or shame or even judge anyone, right? There are lots of families who celebrate because they want to, (laughs) but also because maybe it's just the thing that they do or they've always done it. Maybe they don't actually know what the day means or they don't actually think about any of like the supernatural that's attached to it, right? There are even some families who are like, it's fine. It's not a big deal. It's I just really like scary things. It's I love spooky. Um, my kids are cute. That's totally fine. And of course, there's tons of people that just think it's fun. But I want you to know that this episode is just going to break some things down and it's going to present some questions. I'm not telling you what to do. Honestly, when I say I don't judge, I legit don't judge anyone. I'm concerned with my family, my husband, my children, and our responsibility to Christ, I'm not sitting here like judging anyone. I don't care in that way, right? You are free to do what you want. But because I have had so many conversations in real life that women just don't know, they don't know the origins, they don't know what's attached to it, they don't know things, we're going to dig into some of that. And then I'm just going to ask you questions that you and the Holy Spirit can figure out yourself, okay? And because this episode is a little bit different, this is how it's going to go. We're going to start briefly with like some of my background and how I used to do things and do things now. Then we'll talk about origins and the roots of Halloween. Then we can look at some like alternatives if you're not wanting to do it. And I have some scripture for you. And then I'll challenge you with some questions to present to the Lord. And then we'll pray. I encourage you to stay to the entire thing because it is so good. So I'm pretty sure I grew up. Like, I can't remember most of it, but where most every year we did something at the church, right? We, 
Um, we're a church family. My dad's pastor. We've gone to the same church, essentially the same building since I was five years old. We would host harvest parties as an outreach to the community. Uh, when we didn't do that, maybe I trick-or-treated, but I don't remember a ton, honestly. I know for sure that I have always hated scary things. Like Sam does not do scary, not just because of Jesus reason, but because your girl is just a fraidy cat and she doesn't play. So I hate clowns. Um, if you guys were born in the 80s, 90s, you know why. Oh, I guess they remade the movie too. Um, but I had siblings and cousins. Yes, I'm talking to you, cousin. That would lock me in the bathrooms, do Bloody Mary, do creepy things, put clowns places, like just scare me. And so I just don't do creepy things, right? So I've always hated that side of Halloween, honestly. Plus, I've shared in a previous episode, I think like the fourth or fifth episode, I've always struggled with bad dreams as a little girl. And when I grew up and knew more about the spiritual world, I knew that those dreams were not bad dreams. I actually have very (laughs) crazy stories about being a little girl with things in my room. And so I just, I've never really played. So that's my, like, to be fair, I've never liked Halloween, but it's not just about that. Um, As a church in California, I've had the role of youth pastor and church um, children's director for several years. And so for several years, I was the leader (laughs) of putting on the harvest party. Um, They were fun. They were not scary. They were an incredible outreach for the community because our church was essentially in the heart, like on Main Street, in the heart of our city. And I loved that. I I thought it was so fun. It was, we even had like, sure, the neighborhood kids dressed as demons showing up, but they one way or another encountered the love of Christ that night. And so it was a blast. And then when we had kids, In the very beginning, we dress them up. They're so cute. I have so many cute pictures. And we trick-or-treated once or twice around the neighborhood. Of course, we did the church things. Um, But it wasn't until, so that was like my whole life, right? It wasn't until three years ago that Matt and I both wrestled with the same thing. And we both heard from the Lord tell us to stop. He sort of questioned us, like, why are you still messing with something that could invite things into your life that you do not want. We were convicted. And so honestly, we stopped and we haven't looked back. Guess what though? I asked my kids, like, I mean, we were already convicted and then I remember sitting them down and just being like, Hey, what is your favorite part about Halloween? Like what part do you love the most? Guess what they said? Y'all please. They said candy. And then eventually they said friends. And so they didn't say costumes. They didn't say trick or treating. They didn't say going to haunted houses. We never did that, but you know what I mean? So last year we hosted our first harvest night. We decided we wanted to redeem the night. We wanted it to still be a night of friends and fun and fellowship. So we hosted just this open invitation with our friends. We invited our entire neighborhood um, and just said, hey, there's no costumes. It's not a Halloween party. It's a harvest party. We bring some food if you want. Your girl baked lots of food and we're going to eat and enjoy each other, and we'll pray, and it was a blast, right? We rented a jumpy, open invitation. We just enjoyed each other's company. That was it. That was the list. My kids also had kids, or candy and friends, so they were thrilled. No costumes, nothing scary, nada. It was amazing. It was a way that we were able to redeem the night and make it so much fun. I think we're doing it again this year, except for it's like 40 degrees outside this year, so we'll see. But once we felt the Lord speak to us and Holy Spirit convict us, it really made me look internally. 
Like, why did I do it for so long? Why was I wanting to do Halloween? Why did I want to participate? Was it like worth opening the door to the enemy over one night of fun? I also couldn't help but think, what was I teaching my kids when we don't watch scary movies? We don't do scary things. But for one night (laughs) of the year, I'll allow it. Like, come on. So I had to wrestle with these questions. And in those questions, I found grace. I found the Lord meeting me there and giving me reassurance that I didn't mess up my kids for life. But just there was redemption in that. And so I repented of what I didn't know, what he convicted me of. And then I moved on. And so from here on out, now that I know and I've been convicted of, we just make different decisions. So for me, it wasn't fun because, you know, your girl don't do scary. It was just something that we had always done. And when we moved across country, we didn't really have a ton of options. So we went to our treating or, you know, and so we just went with the flow. But now in our family, we have a rule and it's called if it's gray, we don't play. And so... Halloween. Are you gray? I don't think it's gray anymore, but at that time it was. And now we don't play with it. But the, is it gray? We don't play. It helps me make a lot of decisions. (laughs) And it also helps me to ask other questions, which we'll get to at the end of this episode. And also before you come for me, we don't do Santa or Easter bunny either. And we avoid companies and stores and places that don't align with our values. And we do this as much as we can without falling into legalism and allowing for grace. So also, before you come at me, my kids' lives are amazing. They don't not, like they don't regret not doing Halloween. They're living their best life and they've been taught and presented with options and they choose what's pleasing to God, like most of the time. They know why we don't do it and they totally understand. So this is one of the lessons that I learned from my personal story that I wanted to share with you. Um, this is a lesson I learned not only with holidays, like all of the holidays, not just Halloween. It was also something I learned moving across country. And that's you don't have to continue a tradition or continue to do something just because it's always done that way or just because we've always celebrated this way or just because my mom and dad raised me this way. Holidays, Halloween, raising kids, etc. Apply it to anything in your life. You're responsible to God and to God alone. And Holy Spirit is with you and inside of you to help you with decisions. But you're not responsible for your neighbors, for your kids' fun in that way. Like, oh, I want to do it because my kids are having fun. In fact, you're responsible in another way. But anyways, so like you're not – when we were deciding to move across country, I had only lived within like a 10-mile radius of where I was born. So like my entire community and world was deeply rooted in there. My family was from there. All of my family's there, right? And so I had to make the decision. And the Lord, this he sort of taught me this lesson then too. Like, hey, you don't have to just be here because you've always been here. And of course, he rooted us from California and put us in Tennessee. So just a reminder um, from my personal story that you're responsible to God in these decisions. Okay, so let's dig in to the origin for a minute. Like, where did Halloween actually come from? You can do this on your own. I've done it for you. I've used lots of resources, theologians, and like history.com and Wikipedia, not Wikipedia, uh, encyclopedia and other sources. But this is what I came with. Halloween has been around for thousands of years and it originated as a Wiccan festival. They believe that on October 31st, the veil between the real world and the supernatural world was at its thinnest. They always say like the veil is its thinnest on this day. They believe that the dead could come into the land of the living. 
pagan people welcomed them, they fed them, and they waited for them to come meet them, like, on our side, like, on this world. <laughs> it was a celebration of neochromancy, which means fellowshipping with dead and spirits. It was a pagan event. Pagan meaning a person who worships many gods or goddesses or the earth or nature. We see it all throughout scripture. Pagans, uh, they create, you know, golden calves. They'd create sculptures for Artemis or whatever different gods and goddesses, right? And for Wiccans or witches, it was one of their senior holidays. It was one of the most important holidays they celebrated. It often included animal, even rumors of people, but animal sacrifices. And they had several traditions that were founded in witchcraft. It is believed that sometimes the spirits that came back, listen to this, guys. This is so interesting to me because once you know, you can't unknow. So everyone loves dressing up their kids. Totally fine. Innocent costumes, right? Let me tell you about the um, origin of Halloween costumes. It is believed that sometimes the spirits that came back from the dead would torment those they had a problem with. They would cast revenge on those people and they would torment them all night long. So those people would cover their faces in ash or use masks to disguise themselves. Kind of like our Halloween mask today. That's how our masks for Halloween originated. So weird, right? So this holiday, we talked about when the veil was thin, that people on this side could connect with the dead and the supernatural. It has demonic roots, demonic sacrifices, witchcraft sacrifices, it, all the things, friends. Like you can't, you can't unknow the origin of Halloween. And also a preview for next week. I'm so excited. We're having a Wiccan or former Wiccan come on the podcast and she's now saved. And so we talk all about Wiccan and even how to have conversations with different religion, what is Wiccan and why Wiccan and paganism is making a huge comeback today. Okay. So later the church created an All Hallows Eve day, which is the day after Halloween that celebrates All Saints Day. And this is where the church sort of redeemed and took back and countered some of the paganism from this day. Uh, this episode isn't about that because this isn't what we see today, right? If we look at Halloween today, if you walk into, well, no, if you look at Halloween today, most parents, and I took a Facebook poll and I loved, if you participated in that poll, just thank you. It was such, y'all, I don't post on Facebook a ton because sometimes them comments get crazy and I don't play. I just don't have time for keyboard warriors, right? But I posted like, what do y'all do for Halloween? Very open-ended. And I got so many great answers. Some did it. They didn't care. Some um, don't do it at all. And like the whole spectrum, right? But they all shared their opinion in like a super peaceful way, which was great. So lots of answers on there. We'll use some of those answers at the end of this episode. But most people said it's fun. It's a day to dress up. It's fun for candy. It's just innocent. It's not that big deal. So many answers, right? However, like when October 1st hits or like September 15th, essentially, I don't know. When I walk into a Walmart or a Home Depot, am I greeted with like warm, fuzzy pumpkins and cute, lovey thing? No, bro. I'm greeted with demons and witches and graveyards and skulls and screams and screeches and ghosts and clouds and even these stupid, cute teddy bears whose heads spin and then they become creepy. Okay, so... When I look at the origin of Halloween, it is not founded in anything light or good. When I walk into a store, any store, 
I am reminded that it is not anything good or light. So yes, I get we want to say it's fun and it's no big deal. However, the world is not saying that. The world is saying it's creepy and it's scary. And it's the whole point is to be scary. Y'all, I live about a mile down from one of our towns, um, like scariest haunted house. They open, it's called Miller's Thriller. They open this entire field. They have all these zombies. It's a thing. I hear screams every night, every weekend night, like in the month of October. People want to be scared in October. So I don't know. This is sort of my first question. As we learned about that, friends, do we look more like the world when we dress up as scary, when we host a cemetery in our yard, when we dress our kids as witches, pretend to be dead, or whatever else we participate? When we take our saved and non-saved friends to Miller's Thrillers or a haunted house or creepy amusement parks, what are we not only allowing into our lives, but what testimony are we giving? And I'd love to say, well, like, doesn't really matter. It's just one day out of the year. But it's not because we know that some of these impressions, we've heard stories of like, well, so-and-so did something and now I don't believe. Or, or when unbelievers mix in with believers and they're looking to believers for goodness and beautiful things and God, then we fall short. It can cause people to stumble and not to believe how we celebrate holidays or live for that instance matters. What we choose to participate in, how we choose to participate in these things, it matters. And it matters as a witness to our family, to our friends, and to those around us, especially in the day of social media. Everything is on full blast for everyone to see, right? It matters how we witness to others. Felicia Masonheimer is one of my favorite people. She is the founder of Every Woman a Theologian. She is so smart and handles a variety of topics with so much grace and also biblical truth. She is one of my favorite. But she uses this concepts that I've adopted in my parenting and even learning styles for my children. But this concept helps to make these kinds of decisions for her family. And the question is simply this, is it good, true, and is it beautiful? And what is our standard for that? It's the Bible. Philippians 4, 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, and whatever is of good reputation, if there is any excellence, and if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Or think only on these things, another version says. This has to do with the renewal of our minds and the Holy Spirit, like it's described in Romans 12. Our long-term sanctification process is to be renewing and to be renewed and transformed by the Holy Spirit and by the renewing of our minds. Then through that, we learn what is good, what is God's will, what is acceptable, and what is perfect. This helps us from taking our Christian freedoms and liberties that we mentioned and either putting them on a pedestal or running to operate in too much freedom, like it's okay, I'll repent later, or legalism, right? We have the Holy Spirit and his power inside of us and running through us, and we get to elevate what is good, what is true, and what is beautiful. We are called to be a witness to everyone, and it's our responsibility to do that. 
So as we do that, we get to choose things that are good, that are true, and that are beautiful in this world. And then I always ask, does it glorify God? If God were here, would he do it with me? That's Felicia. I love the way she teaches this and presents this. So feel free to use this for yourself and family and future decisions too. But we talked about this in the beginning and hear me now. Friends, this isn't a judgmental thing. Again, I told you, I care because I love you. And I think some people are misunderstanding um, or they just don't know. But like, I don't care. I'm not sitting up here thinking like, oh, so-and-so celebrates Halloween. Look at that kid in a costume. That is not me. I only care or I'm only in charge of what I do with my family and my children, right? But as a fellow believer and a friend, I'm telling you, I'm challenging you to ask yourself some of these questions, to consider this. Maybe to ask yourself why we celebrate a holiday with a clear foundation of paganism. And I want you to ask yourself, and I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, but we'll talk more about that later. But also, I want to clarify to you that there is a difference in our heart posture. And since that there is a difference in what we do, we can completely not do Halloween. That's fine. But I do feel like, like we did the harvest party last year, that the Lord showed me that there's ways to redeem it. So if it's a church, um, like a harvest party at the church, you know, just like Halloween day versus Hallows Eve, the cat, the church, original church redeemed the Halloween day. And so harvest parties are harvest events for the goal of outreaching or reaching their community. I think that's good. You know, they're trying to take back what the enemy meant for evil and they're using it for evangelism. But trick-or-treating at churches, nah, bro. Haunted houses at churches, allowing evil or scary into the sanctuary. I don't know. That's a big fat no to me. It's blending into Halloween. It's blending Halloween into the church for the sake of being normal or like everyone else. It's imitating but not glorifying God, right? But like, can you open your door and invite neighbors who wouldn't normally come to you in? Sure. Can you celebrate with a harvest party at your house? Or pass out candy and use it as a time to get to know your neighbors and pray with them. I feel like that's such a beautiful way of the gospel without participating in an evil day. But do I dress my kids up as Night of the Living Dead and go to haunted houses or have creepy stuff at my house or whatever? No, no, I don't. And it's not glorifying God. I just... I'm saying this because there are other options. You don't have to be like a killjoy and be like, we can't do anything ever. We're going to sit in the dark and never look at another Halloween decoration. No, that's not it. You can redeem the holiday. You can participate in things that still give glory to God and still have fun, but have nothing to do with the pagan or ritual day, right? Okay, you're with me. We're doing it. Let's dig into scripture. I believe scripture is pretty clear on what demonic things we can and cannot participate. Disclaimer. I mean, like, spoiler alert, we can't participate in anything demonic. But (laughs) these are some of the scriptures that a few years ago when I was making the decision that really set on my heart. And so I'm going to go through them with you. And I'm praying they encourage you. And the first one is 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Here's why I love that scripture. Be alert and sober-minded. That is the caution for us Christians. And then it's telling us what the enemy does, but it's not saying 
that he has power over us, that he's going to eat us. It's just saying that's his goal. That's his intent. And so I know that I have the authority of Christ in me. So the enemy can try, but like he ain't getting the sister, right? But I am to be alert and sober minded. Pay attention <laughs> to what is going on. Third John verse 1, 11, it says, Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. I feel like that one doesn't need an explanation, so we won't. Write them down, friends. Romans 12 to you. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 1 Thessalonians 5.22, <laughs> very simple, reject every kind of evil. Boom, done. I'm just kidding. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Friends, this scripture is often used like when you're struggling with something and like as a reminder, and it is such a good reminder and such a um, sobering reminder. But also, I feel like this verse is a very clear representation of the day. Like, yes, we might be loving going trick-or-treating in our skeleton costume. But also in the supernatural, there are things that are coming against us in this dark, dark day. We won't go deep into that because that can be a whole sermon on itself and we're not there. Okay, Ephesians 5, 15 and 16. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And as we talk about this one in particular evil day, I think that we can make wise decisions and make it an opportunity to present the gospel that doesn't look like shutting inside our house and never doing anything again. It doesn't even necessarily look like presenting tracks, you know, around the neighborhood. You could do that, but it's not, I think there's lots of options and it's living in our life in a way that represents Christ as using wisdom to invite the community over and not celebrate, but get to know each other and pray with each other, right? First Corinthians 10, 21 says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Sacrifices offered to false idols are even unknowingly offered to demons. Paul's reasons for not wanting the Christians in Corinth to have anything to do with idols or idol food is very clear in that passage, right? But I, this, this passage is talking about idols and they're actually specifically talking about idol food, but I think it applies to what <laughs> we're doing now. And this is just one that I wrote down three years ago that has just always stuck with me. And two chapters are two verses away from that verse is verse 23. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things edify. This is a verse that speaks to Christian liberties. Can you celebrate Halloween? Can you do X, Y, Z? Can you participate in this? Sure. But is it good, true, beautiful? Does it edify? And this one, this one actually really spurred my heart to create this episode. And it's Hosea 4, 6. It says, for my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge, because I believe there's some of us women that just don't know the actual true intent of Halloween. 
And so if they did, maybe they would make different decisions. I don't know. That's up to you. Here's the deal, friends. I'm not looking into scripture to have it defend my point of view because frankly, I can use the Bible and history to defend either side of the spectrum for or against Halloween. People have used scripture to give me reason why they should celebrate. And that's fine. I'm not I'm not here for that. I'm looking to the Bible for the character of God and what he says about these things, not about me. With that, there's no definite answer to trick-or-treating or to using this holiday to witness to the neighbors, but I know the character of God is good, true, beautiful, right? The Bible is so clear on the enemy, on darkness, on things of this world, period. You can't really negotiate that. But ultimately, friend, like we've been talking about sprinkled in throughout this whole episode, it's between you and the Holy Spirit. It's your life. It's your convictions and how you live your life. The longer we are Christians, I'm so encouraged by this because the more we grow, the more we learn, the more we listen to the Holy Spirit and be like Christ. It's sanctification. And yes, it's a process and there's grace in this process, but it's also what we're meant to do. We're not meant to just be saved and then stay babies in our knowledge of Christ, right? We're meant to grow. The more we grow, the more we also get to understand the Holy Spirit, um, the authority we have in him. And I don't believe that we can be full of the Holy Spirit and be passive in making decisions like this. Holy Spirit is not passive, and we can't ignore the paganism and spiritual um, foundation of this holiday period. This is supernatural, right? Holy Spirit and stuff, but it's not scary because again, we have Jesus Christ living in and through us. There's still a battle being fought. There's still an enemy knocking at your front door. There's still an enemy who would love nothing more to trick you into believing this is innocent fun and it doesn't matter. Lies are again, his biggest tool to use against us. We see it in Genesis. We see it all throughout the Bible, even with Jesus, right? And so... I just want you to consider these things and then make a decision with the Holy Spirit. Not making a decision out of the flesh because you love the day. Ask the Holy Spirit, how am I supposed to use this day, right? Here are some questions. Well, yeah, I hope this episode presents questions to ask yourself and ask the Holy Spirit to clarify in your life, right? But irregardless of what side of the Halloween spectrum that you are on, I I truly hope that this episode brings you closer to Christ and challenges you in the best ways. So let's consider these things. These are the questions I want you to sit with the Lord and Holy Spirit and ask. Ask the Lord, is it good? Is it true? Is it beautiful? Would he join me with this? Does it reflect Christ? How can I be a light and represent the gospel well to my community this year? What does the Holy Spirit feel about this? What should I do with this? I've been given a knowledge. And so what, what does he want me to do with it? So friends, that is it. As always, please come follow me on Instagram. My inbox is always open because I want to hear your questions. I want to hear your thoughts. And again, a fun fact, next week's episode, I'm very excited to have a new friend to me, Amy. She is one of the women part of Mama Bear Apologetics. She's coming on this episode to talk about apologetics, but also to talk about her history with Wicca and um, how Wic- paganism and Wiccas are becoming way popular 
and some of the ways that the Wicca uh, religion, I guess, tempts us and and what we can look for in that. So be super excited and stay tuned for next week. And then, of course, do me a favor and share this episode. I think it's important. Again, I think it's because some people, yes, have absolutely made a decision and they're doing whatever they want, and that's fine. But for this episode, I really think it hopefully speaks to the women who have just been uneasy and aren't sure. And so... Um, if there's friends in your life who want some questions to ask the Holy Spirit, then send them this episode. And lastly, before we end, don't forget about the collective membership. It ends on Sunday. So you have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days to go to theabundantwoman.co slash membership and sign up for the membership. You are going to and love the community that's there. And I pour everything I have into it. So I'm so excited for you to join us until next time. friend. I hope you were blessed by this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in before you go quick things. One, can you follow us on social? I would love to get social with you. Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube all have the username abundant woman co come say hi. Also, we have a free Facebook community that has women just like you building community going after Jesus and just making connections. Come join us there. I can't wait to meet you. And last, I would love if you could screenshot this episode and share it on your socials for a chance to be featured. Until next time.